What's up, everyone? Welcome back to Questions You Never Thought to Ask, the Whitewater Kayak Podcast. My name is Seth Ashworth, and this week I'm going to be talking with Whitewater Kayaker Jeff Calhoun about increasing participation in whitewater kayaking and in paddle sports generally, and what we can all do as a community to work together to try and achieve that goal so we can have more people kayaking and have more friends. I think that's pretty important. Just before we get into the recording from this week, I wanted to say a big sorry that the scheduling has once again been a bit sporadic on this podcast. I'm doing my best to maintain that every other week schedule, but uh, sometimes it just doesn't pan out or I just can't schedule people I want to talk to um, kind of in the timeline that we're looking for. But hopefully things are going to be back on track for the next few bi-weekly periods, but we will we will see how it goes. And finally, I'd like to say a big shout out thank you to the people who support this podcast on Patreon. Patreon is a crowdfunding platform where you can chip in a couple of bucks every month and it just helps me cover the cost of keeping this show on the road. If you are interested in supporting via that way, you can check me out on patreon.com slash Seth Ashworth. And uh, you know, if you can, if you can't, that's cool too. I'm not, I'm not super worried about it. But if you can, I would, I would really appreciate it. Um, okay, well, that's it. That's all. Thank you so much for taking the time, and I will see you next week. Peace. Welcome back to Question You Never Thought to Ask, the Whitewater Kayak Podcast. This week, I'm joined with Jeff Calhoun, who on a recent episode of another kayaking podcast, The Hammer Factor, <laughs> uh, I think it's fair to say you let your words get away from you um, just a little bit. Uh, and I, 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 what I was picking up or what you were trying to talk about um, was increasing participation uh, within paddle sports generally and especially increasing participation with uh, female kayakers or increasing that to a closer to a, a 50-50 number than where we're at now. Is, is that a fair representation of what you were trying to achieve? I think that's fair. Uh, thanks for having me, by the way, dude. Um, um, I've been listening to your, uh, to your old episodes lately, and uh, I think you're doing an awesome job. Yeah, um, yeah you know, honestly... I think it's a lot of it to me was about um, appreciation and just the social dynamic between men and women in the sport. And um, so I I had some observations that I wanted to share. And uh, and but yeah, you know, like, you know, I just kind of (laughs) kind of forgot that we were, uh, you know, recording for the public or or uh, yeah, I definitely got got away from myself there. Like from from listening to it, I was like, okay, I could, it, you know, it was just a bit over familiar, and I could see where you were trying to go to, but also like, I could see your mouth moving just a little bit faster than you, your filter was going, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so putting that to one side, like I understand you're cool with the Hammer Factor guys now. Um, what I want to talk about with you on this on this episode was specifically about ways that we can work together as a community to increase participation in paddle sports overall um, and maybe also increase like having more female paddlers, but I'm scheduling another um, another one of these with Anna Levesque soon. Uh, she's like pretty OG about getting ladies involved in kayaking. So if you've got something to add to the conversation right now about increasing participation, we can all do to work together. I think that's a strong start point. Yeah, I mean, I don't necessarily think I have the answers to that. Um, but, uh, you know, I used to work at a summer camp, uh, Valley Mill, and it was, it was interesting. You know, sometimes it seemed like only the boys were interested in kayaking and 
then there were certain groups of of girls that were really into it and uh, and even more into it. So I think at that young age, it's it's really about it's about having fun. It's about having fun with your friends, especially. And, and maybe that's true of all ages, um, but also acceptance. And if kayaking and, you know, where I grew up here in D.C., um, even though D.C. is a very cosmopolitan, international and overly uh majority female city, the, the kayaking community, uh, at least at, you know, at the, at Great Falls and, and in somewhat in the racing scene was overwhelmingly male. And it was very obvious from a young age that this is a male dominated sport. Uh, and since, since I've got older and I've traveled a bit more, you know, you go to other places like the Southeast and, and Idaho where that's not the case necessarily, or there's a lot more, um, certainly a lot more female participation and, and at the high, high levels of the sport too. Um, but at, you, you could, you could make it about, you know, individual States and, 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 uh, and factors like that. But at the most basic level, kayaking has to be fun and people have to feel accepted in the community. And that's, what's going to grow the sport. I think. I, th- I agree with you a hundred percent. I think it's all about having fun. And I think, um, I think hooking people in younger, the better, like you were saying, like if you can get them, you know, when they're at that like kid's age, that's uh, that's a prime start time where you can really uh, start to get into it and really enjoy it. And especially now versus when I was a kid, uh, there's like more access to like better equipment and like more correct sizes of gear. Uh, you can paddle for longer and do and do more. And it's a lot easier than like being a hundred pound kid and a dancer, you know, it's like uh, like yeah, a, a lot of the the cards are stacked for for the kids now, but you know we, as a community, need to be working together a bit more to kind of pull pull more people in and make kayaking more exciting and, like you said, more inclusive. Um, if you had to pick something that every single person could do, like one small thing, what do you think it would be that would be the most useful uh, maneuver that we could do to start pulling more people in? Um, well, just for me, what I've been trying to do is, uh, is take my, take my relatives paddling. Um, and so I went out kayaking here on the Potomac with, uh, my niece and my nephew over Labor Day and they had a really good time. Um, it was, it was kind of a lot of work for me to, you know, arrange for, for boats and gear for, for everyone. Uh, but, uh, I mean, just the result is, is, is so worth it. You know, they're, um, they're stoked on it. My, you know, they want to seek out, uh, you know, whitewater opportunities, uh, you know, where they live in Nashville. And, um, and so I feel like, you know, I, I did something good and I'm, and I'm, you know, even though it's easy to, you know, family is easy, um, easier maybe in some ways, um, especially when you have kids that age, but, uh, um, you know, I, I don't really know. I'm a little bit, in a unique situation where I don't, I'm not, maybe I'm not the right person to ask Hmm. about that. And so let's, okay, let's, uh, let's put a pin in that then and we'll, we'll circle back around to it. Let's talk about shredder ladies. There's tons of them out there. I've paddled with a lot of rad ladies who I love kayaking with. Um, there is a lot of them out there, but like you're saying, not in your community. What do you think it is about those certain communities that don't seem to have of them? And what can we do to improve that? 
Well, I think part of the reason it, at Great Falls is because um, this is a major, mostly class two river, uh, class two, three, uh, and then you have one giant class five rapid. So uh, you have to travel a lot to get good enough to run Great Falls. And DC, adults tend not to stay in DC for long periods of time. Um, anyways, enough about that, but, uh, I guess in, in the other places I've gone out West, especially, you know, people get into kayaking at whatever age, because it's an outlet, it's fun. It's something they can do with people their age. And especially if there's no, um, you know, gender obstacle, uh, you know, if people, then, then I think women can go as, as far as the men. Um, and, and, and I think that's one of the awesome, I've seen that, you know, there's plenty of, of, uh, you know, people progressing, you know, who comes from all walks of life, um, when they have that opportunity to, you know, paddle class three, paddle class four, paddle class five with solid groups of people who are encouraging and, um, you know, and they feel, they feel a part of the sport. They feel connected to it. I don't know if that's quite the answer you were looking for, but. Um, no, I, I mean, I think we probably like as kayakers who are listening to this, we'll all be able to resonate, you know, like you continue to kayak because you're part of a community and especially, uh, I don't know if it's true for everyone, but I always felt like a bit of an outlier for a lot of other, other social groups, but for kayaking, it's like, you're like with a group of other people who are in that similar, like outlier position, uh, and, and doing kayaking engages your brain in a way that, um, maybe other sports don't necessarily engage them, you know, like, yeah, for um, me, and it, it, sorry, go ahead. Well, for me, it was very goal oriented. You know, when I was, when I was a kid, I wanted to, I wanted to race, I wanted to compete and that's maybe not typical and, and maybe not, um, the most pure part of the sport, uh, the competitive side, but, um, I loved it. I loved training even, you know, I liked, I loved going out and paddling my wild water boat you know, upstream, you know, on practically flat water, you know, for, for hours at a time and everyone finds their own Zen in their own way. Uh, and that's one of the great things about paddling is you don't have to paddle white water. And if you do paddle white water, you don't have to paddle hard white water. Um, you know, there's plenty of people out there who are really, really good paddlers. And, uh, I'm talking about, you know, men as well as women, but, but probably especially women who, you know, get to a point where they're paddling the rivers they want to paddle and they don't feel compelled to push it higher and farther because, because they just want it to be what it is. Um, and I think maybe as men, we are drawn more to push it higher and farther and scarier. Uh, and, and I know I am, um, or I was, I mean, I'm getting a little bit older now and maybe a bit more conservative. Um, yeah, but, I think we can all agree that wherever your happy spot for like whatever you want to be doing, whether it's like pursuing new freestyle or pursuing new races or uh, attaining or paddling flat water or paddling long distances, like however you get your day on the river, like probably the one thing that everybody has in common is that their day on the river is like the best day ever. And it's like the thing they look forward to most. Whether you get your day on the river once a week or once a fortnight or once a month or every day, um, yeah, we all look forward to that time on the water. Why, like, 
what what's the easy message you could share to people who are non kayakers? Like if you had to like boil down why you like so much about kayaking into two sentences, what would you say? Uh, this is a great one. I've been waiting for this. Um, it's nature's recreation. It's, it's natural recreation. It was given to us. Like if you, whether or not you believe in God, this is, um, it, the white water is a gift, uh, to us from the planet and it's pure, it's just pure fun. It's, it's challenging. It, it can be dangerous, but we have these resources, these rivers, especially in, in North America here that, are just such an incredible resource for, for fun and for recreation. And you, and as I said, you know, you can paddle upstream, downstream, uh, you know, flat water or hundred foot waterfalls, whatever you want to, you know, and, and to start out in kayaking, you don't have to have that goal to, to be the best. You just getting in a kayak and appreciating the natural spaces that we've been able to preserve and just finding finding that experience that you're looking for. Um, I think, I think I wish everyone could be able to do that because there's so much going on in the world right now. And especially if you live in an urban area to be able to go out on the river and appreciate nature and go to these places that we're lucky enough to go. Um, I, I think there's something very compelling about it and I wish we could share it with more people, uh, who, you know, don't have the, uh, the opportunity to, uh, to experience it. Okay, let's flip the conversation on its head a little bit. In your community, because that's like where you're like probably have the most relevant answers for, what are the five like biggest barriers to entry that would stop people going kayaking, going whitewater kayaking especially? Yeah, uh, cost. Um, okay. Well, and it depends what you mean by my community because I feel like I'm in many different communities now. Um, well, but, what, uh, wherever you strongly, what, wherever you say it would be your home run. And that's like, so for me, I would say the Ottawa River is my home community, even though I'm from London, England, but I would say <laughs> I live here now and like, this is, this is home. And I would say my home river is the Ottawa. So wherever you would say your home river is, whether that's the Potomac or whether that's little white, I don't know, like, uh, yeah, no, it's you, the Potomac. You, you tell me, and then let's, let's run through the five biggest barriers to entry through in, in your community right now. Well, um, this won't be typical, but maybe traffic. Okay. Um, <laughs> um, busy schedules, um, team sports. I'm talking about kids in this instance, but, um, just the hustle and bustle of, of daily life, uh, and all the distractions that are out there cost, um, uh, you know, the cost of getting into whitewater kayaking is a big one for everyone. Even if you're living in this area, you're, you're probably doing pretty well. Um, but, uh, it is an expensive sport to get into. Um, um, you know, you, you know, even if you're buying all used gear, um, and then the lessons learning, you know, it's, unless you're lucky enough to have someone to teach you kayaking, it's, it's very questionable. We try to avoid, and I think this is true of most communities. Um, you can get away with a little bit here because, but you know, because of the river we have here, but to, you can't learn kayaking on your own. You, you need a guru, you need a mentor, you need a buddy, someone who's done it, you know, whether it's someone, you know, to learn with you at, you know, at, at the same time or, uh, and in, you know, to watch your back while you, you try to teach each other to roll. But, but for most people it's taking lessons and spending more money on 
uh, instructors, clinics, pool rolling, um, all of the above, and and trying to meet people who are either similar ability or, or luckily, you know, a little bit better so they can help you. And um, that can be really difficult. Uh, and for some communities, it's easy to break into that. And in other communities, it's very difficult to to get to get that that group that will help you. Um, so, Jeff, what's the club scene like in your area? Because I think for a lot of people, like especially in in England, for me growing up, like the club scene is pretty strong, and there's a lot of access where you can pay a small amount and have access to like you know some middle of the road good gear, uh, boats, paddles, helmets, life jackets, uh, even coaching and people to help you learn. Um, what's it like in your area? Yeah, man, we've 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 been hearing about the club scene, and uh, we kind of wish we had that here. I think it would do really well here, but unfortunately, it's just not exactly the case. There are, certainly are some clubs uh, in the region, but um, I'm not super familiar with them, and and they it's it's not like showing up at a clubhouse and uh, you know getting a membership it's it's still a community that you have to kind of uh work your way into um and again this is this is not um, i'm i'm a little bit outside of my uh my realm here but you know at least here you know at uh right you know right in the lower potomac near great falls it is a pretty well connected scene but um you really you probably do have to get in with an outfitter somehow if you want to if you to, to to meet those new people there's it's possible that you know go to the river every day and just be friendly and meet people but um the best way to do it is to fall in with uh Kaleva, which is a big uh outdoor program around here and they do all sorts of things and there's several other smaller smaller outfitters as well that have you know paddling groups of of a variety of levels and uh they they do more than just instruction. You know, they all paddle together. They do workouts together. Um, they're, the big thing in this area is to train for the cheat race. And so people dust off their long boats in February, March, and uh, and get out on the river even when it's still high and, you know, start paddling and get back in shape and do some long distance um, workouts in their kayak. And, and come May at Cheat Fest, you know, we show up uh, at the cheat race in mass um, you know, for, for a race and a good time. Um, I think we have a great little scene here, uh, in the DC area, but it is unique in its own way. And, and I think, you know, as, as I've kind of alluded to it, it can be hard to break in as a rank beginner and kind of figure out, you know, what you should do, especially if you're adverse to spending money on lessons. Um, it's funny that I'm happy to hear you say that because it's kind of pivots my, my next talking point here. Um, but it kind of like it it rings really true um, I think to a lot of people it's like there's a lot of these great clubs out there but if you don't know how to get in them it's really hard to get started and they maybe don't have a super regular schedule or it, you know it's difficult to like you got to know a guy who knows a guy who knows a guy to like you know find out where you're meant to be and at what time um, to get access to to what's available to you um, and so one of the things that going back to our earlier topic of like, what could we all do as paddlers um, to help get more people into kayaking is I think for like as much as possible, like everyone should have a good knowledge of all the paddle clubs in their area, or at least the biggest two or three 
and who to get in touch with or how to get in touch with someone to break into that circle. So when you meet those random friendly people by the river who are like, hey, I'm super interested in what you're doing, then you have that information to hand and you can be like, oh, cool. If you want to know more about it, there's this really cool paddling club and they meet on Tuesdays, uh, you know, down behind the, the boat shed there or whatever. Um, and this is the Facebook group to get in touch with them or this is the guy to, to call to, to organize you going there. Yeah. And I think that that would be like one, admittedly, like a small amount of like work for everyone to uh, right now. But I think down the line, the like the ripple effect of just if imagine like every time, like say you speak to like three random strangers at Great Falls every week who are just really interested in what you're doing, and they maybe don't want to do exactly what you're doing, but they want a, a little piece of that action. Um, and if you had that like just on hand information, but oh hey, well this is what I know about it. Go check that out. And then even if your conversion rate was one in three, that would still get like a huge amount more people. I don't know what the, the math works out to on that, but like, you know, one extra person a week is 50 people a, a year extra. If everyone was doing 50 people a year, that'd be a lot of people, right? No doubt. And you know, there's plenty of times when I wished I had business cards uh, or, you know, someone else's business cards and, you know, it's, then it's like, Oh, well, you know, I should have every every outfitter's business card at this point um, because, you know, but and the other thing that you bring that up is that people see us doing what we do and they have this impression of whitewater kayaking as a daredevil sport. And um, it's kind of like people form that impression and, and I feel like we have to kind of shake them of that. And it's a little unique here because they're watching us go off of a, you know, high volume class five rapid um and you know it's it is a dangerous area um so we kind of have to convince people that yeah you can you can try this too and if you just go like two miles downstream it's a lot it's a lot safer and uh and you know that's that's where we all learn to kayak um so yeah for, for sure explaining to people that you don't you don't start you know on the on the double black diamond ski hill is <laughs> uh like if, you, if you've got a couple of good on hand uh little things like that. I think that really helps to just get people, get people's head uh, right. And just, it seems to be that skiing and mountain biking as because they're a little bit more popular, people can relate to it a little bit more. Right. Well, everyone learns to ride a bike before they go mountain biking. For sure. Like it's the barrier to entry, right? Like you've got to be able to ride. You can't, you can't not be able to ride a bike, go mountain biking. Yeah. So that's an interesting point there. That brings me on to my next one. Is that like learning curve, guru, mentor, mentorship thing that we spoke about um, that you identified as another like main barrier, people learning to kayak, not just in your area, but generally that's like a, a big barrier to entry. Um, and although like clubs obviously can help with that uh, a ton, it, it would be the onus at some point is on us as kayakers to start helping other kayakers, right? And whether that's, just doing little bits for people who are like trying to catch up to where you are or like introducing your nieces and nephews, like uh, you were saying over, over uh, Labor Day weekend. Um, however much you can put into that, I think the onus has to start being kind of on everyone in our community to help grow it a bit bigger because otherwise it's just going to be us out here. I think so. I mean, we don't, I think the community is a good size and, 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 and sometimes, um, certain areas you, you don't want it to get too big. Um, but certainly we have, could you uh, give an example? Sorry to stop. I'm going to cut you off here. Could you give an example where you wouldn't want your kayak community 
to get any bigger. I've never been to a place I could think of in my entire life where I, my main thought was like, fuck, there's a lot of kayakers here. I don't want any more to come. Uh, have you ever been to White Salmon? I never have, no. I've met, I've, met, I've met a lot of people who are like, I'm from White Salmon. Right. Um, well, the thing about White Salmon is there's not a lot of beginner terrain there. Um, and it's a little bit tough to be a beginner there. There are, you know, if you go a little bit out away from it all, there there is... Um, but uh, I was I was just kind of kidding with that. Um, no, I'm going to backtrack off of that. Um, we do need to grow paddling. I'm definitely all for that. Um, I'm I'm certainly for you know teaching people to to learn uh, slowly, safely, and gradually, and not just um, you know get straight straight into uh, you know the hard stuff and having bad yep. swims and all that. And that's yeah, why yep. the Potomac is such a fantastic place to learn to kayak, dude. It is. It's, it's very similar to the Ottawa in some ways where you have these big pools and, and then some, you know, small, medium-sized rapids, uh, you know, obviously not as big as the Ottawa, but you have this learning area. Yeah, uh, I've, I've met a ton of rippers from, uh, from the D.C. area. Big shout out to the Frannenberg family. Those guys are, their kids are amazing. Like, yeah. Uh, I've, met <laughs> I've, met, I've met a ton of other kids. I've met a ton of other kids, too, from that area who I'm like, Wow, we're like I wish I had learned. I wish I had the the advantages that you have, you know, growing up in whatever paddling community you must be in, because they they were like light years ahead of where I was when I was like fifteen, you know. Right. I mean, I got to try play boating, slalom, wild water, flat water, creek boats, long boats, squirt boats, all before I was, you know, nineteen years old. That's uh, crazy. Like that is that is completely mind-boggling to me, and I feel like I had a pretty good, you know, for England, I had a pretty good go of of learning to kayak um, in the area of London that I'm from. Like, it's crazy to me that there are places in the world that exist like that where you can try all of those different things in one place, um, you know, and it's somewhat accessible. Yeah, super accessible. Um, yeah, traffic traffic might be a little bit of a problem, but. Um... Yeah, we have it. We have it pretty good here for sure. And and if you know, it, it is growing though. You look at some place like Oklahoma City. You know, they built a whitewater park, and it's people are. It's a good one. I haven't been there, but but people are stoked about it there. They have you know kids getting into it, and um, and I think you know the same thing in Charlotte uh, to some extent. You know, it's it's growing the community and. Uh, we just got to figure out what these barriers and I think are, are to getting people into kayaking. And I think cost is certainly one of them, but there's also some social, um, you know, and opportunity barriers and the people feel like people need to feel like kayaking is for them. And it's something they can do at, you know, to get, um, you know, kids off the football field and, and onto the river. Heck yes. I agree. I agree a hundred percent. I think, and I, what I encourage for everyone at home who's listening to do is get on Google, get on Facebook, find out your three closest paddling clubs and how people can get in touch with that. And then every time somebody asks you how they start kayaking, you're going to have your answer preloaded in the can and ready to go. Um, I hope everyone who is listening at home will do that. And I hope they will encourage their friends to do that and their friends' friends to do that. Because I think that that, that is like you know, one small thing that everybody can do that will make a big difference. 
Yeah, and I think I think social media helps to some extent, but we need to also make sure that the social media we share is, uh, you know, con- convinces people that that kayaking is for them, and and that we're not, uh, you know, that we're not all daredevils, and and even if some of us are, you know, that we, um, that 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 kayaking is for everyone, and uh, and you know, you don't, you're not going to get thrown into a class four rapid your first time in a boat. Man, I'm so hyped, actually. I've got, did you read the article that was doing the rounds a few weeks ago that was called Your B-Training's Not Cool? Yeah. Hey, I've got that, the author of that article coming on uh, to, uh, tomorrow in my time, but I think everyone else will hear it in a week or two. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much shout out that. I thought that was pretty interesting. Yeah. You know, and John, John Grace and I both uh, shared that article, um, but one one thing that came out of that discussion was Lewis wrote are you still recording yep well Lewis Geltman wrote an article about 10 years ago called style um in in site z site z is a is a is a website that has some really well thought uh articles um mostly about whitewater but Lewis Lewis's article i think puts it in a much more um, concise way, um, you know. I, I personally, I I don't think beatering is cool, and 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 that's why, you know, I shared the article. But everyone does beater. I guess I guess the point I'm trying to make is that everyone needs to learn to paddle within their ability limits. And when you're paddling outside of your ability of your of your limits, and when you're constantly putting yourself in uncomfortable situations it uh it affects other people and and you know it, it it's not just like you're out on the uh out on the river like you know by yourself and it and it because you know whether it's EMS or or other paddlers like people do have a reason to to care if you're um when you're putting yourself in dangerous situations yeah i mean it's a it's a team sport right like as much as it's individual it's like we're all in this together like whoever all those people you put on with like they rely on you as much as you rely on them certainly and i think there's also some responsibility and i this is a way out there topic but you know when you go solo boating um which a lot of us do um you're putting a lot you're, you're taking a lot of other people's um concerns with you you know it's like if you're out on the river and and something happens to you people are going to have to come looking for you um and and it's important that we remember that that uh we don't live in a vacuum and especially here at great you know like at great falls for example where if you have a bad line or you you know if you swim if you're you know like someone's going to literally call a helicopter to come get you um and that's, you know, that's taxpayer dollars. It's bad exposure for kayaking. Um, you know, being, I, I've been that person, you know, swimming in front of a hundred people and, and having the, the rescue boats and the helicopter respond. Um, it's not a good feeling and it's, it's not a good image. And the only saving grace is that the local rescue squad is strapped for cash in their budget and so when they get a call for something like that it's a good opportunity for them to come out and do some training exercises and uh you know maybe rescue uh some 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 supposedly expert kayakers um but uh yeah we have to think about what our our effect is uh as kayakers on 
larger culture because people, you know, it's not just like, you know, the little light you put on and you don't see another soul until the takeout, um, unless you see somebody, uh, you know, a couple making out a spirit or something like that. But, uh, uh, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, here you're being watched and, um, you know, and people are taking video of you and they're watching you and they are forming opinions about kayaking based on how well you run the rapid. And I think the idea here at Great Falls is run the rapid and make it look like you've done it before, um, you know, even if you haven't. So that's kind of why I, uh, myself and others have this protectionist attitude, you know, that, you know, come out here, scout it, but, uh, you know, don't run it until you're absolutely sure that you're ready and you're with people who are willing to uh, to take, you know, to help you out and 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 show you around. Cool. Well, Jeff, we kind of like we've got a bit off topic here from uh, how to increase participation in paddle sports, which is kind of what I want to talk about. So let's uh, let's wrap it up there. Let's call it call this a good interview. I, I think some people are going to have some good takeaways from this. I hope that we can all work together as a, as a community to get more people involved in whitewater at all levels and across all uh, genres, whatever that is, that makes people happy. Um, Jeff, how can people follow you on, uh, on the social channels if uh, they were so inclined? Yeah, uh, my Instagram is gcalhoun9, and uh, my YouTube account is at calhous, and that's c-a-l-h-o-o-o-s-e so that's three o's i didn't even know you had a youtube jeff i can't wait to look at it oh dude yeah it's uh (laughs) i don't really do a lot of editing it's mostly raw files but i do actually Ah, have some um so i throw i throw like you know a clip up there every once in a while but i do have a few um a few edited uh films as well and um great can't wait to check that out yeah and i'm on facebook too obviously but uh yeah. If anyone's grandma wants to find you, I guess that's where they'll look you up. Yeah, Instagram's cool. Um, whatever the kids are into these days, I don't know. <laughs> cool. 